recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Everybody and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. <laughs> and now I want to introduce my co-host, Paul Bramwell. How you doing today, Paul? I'm doing great. And as you can tell, Kurt's in a great mood, and we are ready to bring in the new year. Uh, as I said last week, we're going back to back with last week's episode. So we've just been sitting here. We had a great time last week. We're going right into this episode, and I can't wait, Kurt, because it's Ask Kurt Anything, and uh, and you know I love that. It's uh, my favorite. I, just, I love it. I, don't I know hope to make you throw them yeah. at me. I love. I hope to make you uncomfortable, and uh, that's my goal with all this, and, and make you squirm in your chair, maybe laugh a little bit. Did you you, you found an extra de- layer of deodorant on for this one? I you smell ready? something, man. It doesn't smell good. <laughs> I just check myself. <laughs> Let's check your pants. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, we got uh, New Year's uh, obviously right around the corner. Kurt, any New Year's resolutions for you or goals for 2024 for Kurt Angle? Be a better father and husband. Uh, The reason why I say that is because I really neglected my family all these years of pro wrestling. And uh, when I finally quit or retired, um, I was still depressed. And uh, it was about me, 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 me. And uh, uh, for a long time, I was having a hard time handling retirement. But eventually I got over it and I was like, you know what? You're in a different stage of your life now. Now it's time to be a father and a husband. And all this time, my wife and kids have been waiting for me. And yeah. here I am now. And now I'm, I'm making the commitment. I've been a better father and husband. And I want to continue to do that throughout the future. And, Kurt, I would dare say this has probably been some of the most enjoyable time of your entire life. And my It has, time. man. I've been taking my family everywhere, you know, to go see Santa Claus, to the Penguins game, to Steel City Con, like, we're going on vacation to Miami, Florida after Christmas. It's, you know, just everything's family oriented right now. Yeah. So as this show drops, Kurt and uh, Giovanna and the kids will probably be on their way back. Uh, when, when do you get back from, from January Miami? 2nd? Okay. So, yeah. So you will still be down there. You know enjoying- why? We, we left uh, Miami on the 31st of January. We were in the air at midnight. Oh, in the December, 31st like, of December. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> so you're in the like, air from New Year's Eve. I'm playing and it's New Year. <laughs> Holy shit. That's pretty cool, though. That's the way to bring it in, man. That's the way to bring it, it was, in. It together. was a boring New Year, but, you know. Yeah, that's okay. Doing nothing. Yeah. So goal is be a better father, a better husband, a better podcast host, I think I heard you say, co-host. Well, I, I failed that miserably. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I think that's a good goal for 2024. How can you be even nicer to your co-host on the Kurt Angle show. So Kurt, I have it's some not ideas. about being nice to you, Paul. It's just not about being a better podcast. <laughs> if you can do both those things, then it's a, and again, big time year for Kurt Angle. So we'll see what happens. I, I, you know, I, by the way, I believe at this point when the show comes out, we're still up for voting for podcasts of the year wrestling. So guys vote, please vote. Everyone. You could really help us out. It would really, really need it. 
<laughs> you or something else. Well, Kurt, let's speaking of something that you really need a lot of help with, and that is picking football games. Uh, actually, as we recorded last time, you were 18 and 12. You picked the Steelers and Chiefs. I have no idea how they finished. So I can't really okay. give an update. What was I, 17 and 12, 18 and 12? You were 18 and 12 going into those two games. Okay, I'm 20 and 12 now. Yeah, bullshit. So we don't know really what your record is, but we got to go early. So for week 17, which, by the way, can you believe football regular season's almost over? I know. I think there's only 18 weeks, right? Yeah, there is. So this is week 17, second to last week. Who is your angle lock and who is your angle upset? Well, this one was an easy one. Actually, Derek Sabato, I'm going with the Eagles over the cards. Fly, Eagles, fly. Okay, so that's your angle lock. Okay, who's and your angle my upset lock? is the Steelers over the Seahawks. Oh, man, you are. You are something. I You're going you, all the way, man. I can't all the way the down to the end. Yeah. I at least have to, I have to cheer them on until they're done with this season. Okay. Okay. So guys just know it's funny because they're always the angle upset. You always have to pick them as the upset because they're underdogs now forever. I know. Game. I know you. Yeah. Like uh, nine of the, well, actually 10 or 11 of the games, they were underdogs. You're right. Yeah. So that's just how it's been. All right. So th last week it was chief Steelers this week. It's uh, Eagles Steelers. You're going with the Pennsylvania connection for week 17. And with that, are you ready for ask Kurt anything? Yes. All right. Deep breath. We're going to start with Instagram, a wrestling historian, our friend. He says, Kurt, you weren't expected to win the hell in the cell match at Armageddon 2000, which we covered a few weeks ago with all the hall of famers where Rikishi got dumped off the side of the cage. Uh, he said, especially given all the odds against you, do you consider it to be your greatest victory in the WWE? Thanks in advance. At, at one extent, I do, because you're talking about the five biggest stars in the business that I was facing at that particular time. I think that's a huge win. Uh, you know, you had Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Undertaker, Triple H, and Rikishi. And, uh, you know, being able to be in the in the, in the uh, steel cage with those guys and come out the victor, I think that's a, that's a huge win. Yes. Okay. Matt says, hey, Kurt Angle, I love the Angle Pod with Paulie B. Well. All right. That's cool. I'll take it. I look forward to it every week. I got two questions. My question is, Kurt, if you can book any match with today's stars for a match at Royal Rumble, what would that match be? Well, it's a match that will probably never take place, but I would say Roman Reigns versus Kenny Omega. Oh, the world title. Now, I don't think that's ever going to happen unless Kenny Omega switches over to WWE. He just signed a, another contract with AEW. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's probably not going to happen. But, man, I would love to see that match. Off track here. Did you see that he was diagnosed with diverticulitis, Kenny? He's on yes, the shelf. Yes, that's a shame, man, because that, that stuff is nasty. I mean, yeah. I remember when Brock had to go through that. Yes. And it was a long time. He waited a long time. It it. it it takes a long bit of time to get through that. Yeah, man. Uh, definitely uh, thinking about Kenny Omega during this time. And wrestling's better when he's in the ring performing, you know? Absolutely. And so obviously care about his health first. What was, Matt says, he, his last question, Kurt, what was your favorite rumble that you were in? Um, You know what? My favorite rumble match was Benoit 2003 Royal Rumble for the WWE title. But my favorite rumble match I remember when I was in it, and I believe it was in Madison Square Garden. I think it was 2002. Uh, Triple H and I were the last two in the ring. 
And uh, I remember, um, you know, losing the Triple H. And I believe he just came back from injury. And this was like his big moment. And uh, obviously, I never had a Royal Rumble moment where I won right. the Royal Rumble. But, you know, taking second to Triple H and being a part of that feel-good night because the fans went absolutely crazy, it was really cool. Ben Jones is up next, and he also goes by the name of Ben Kyoto. So, yeah. Cousin. <laughs> no, it's actually, if you want to hear the story about that, Ben Jones uh, is from Perth, uh, Australia. And okay. it's been well established that Mike Kyoto back in the day, prior to his permanent commitment now and relationship, uh, he used to go out and kind of have fun with the ladies everywhere he went. And so when he told stories about Australia, we became convinced that Mike Kyoto is probably Ben Kyoto's long lost dad. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> so now He's when he writes in the land down under, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just tearing it up down there. Oh. So now every time he asks a question, it's like, Mike, your son's up next. Ben Kyoto. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, what strategies? We love you, Ben. What strategies did you use to be able to help, uh, to keep a straight face during all the comedic moments that you did in your career? How the hell did you, well, we've seen the meme face, but how did you keep a straight face? You know what, especially when I was doing the gig with Austin and the cowboy hats and all that stuff, it was really hard. I mean, we had a really difficult time getting through any take. And uh, it got so bad that Vince, I think I told you this before. Oh, yeah. Vince was like, listen, if anybody laughs before I yell cut, you're getting fined $2,000. So everybody kind of started getting serious about it. Even though it was comedy, they weren't allowed to laugh until Vince yelled cut. So that really helped. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, uh, if, if I will tell you this, we did the pre-tapes. I would break character probably nine or 10 times in one day. And that, that would have been eighteen dollars to $20,000 fine if Vince would have fined me. So I had to straighten up and, and, and keep my composure after that because Vince didn't want to waste any more time. He wanted to get these pre-tapes done. He wanted them done quickly. Yeah, and uh, and what what we've come to know from Kurt from the show, anything affecting the pocketbook, whether it's making more money or losing money, he's going to take very seriously. Yes, and I've lost a lot of money. <laughs> right, yeah. and he he doesn't as and he just lost some money uh, a week or two ago on having a piano tuned, and that was the first <laughs> thing he wanted to tell me about as soon as we got on air. Okay, four hundred bucks. Come on, man. I know, man. It's a lot. A lot of t-shirts, buddy, that you got to sell. Francis yeah. Reyes has a question. What did you miss the most when you wrestled in the UK? You know what? Um, I will tell you this. The fans in the United States are completely awesome. But, but you know, to an extent, they're spoiled. Uh, the fans in the UK, they rarely get to see us. That's true. WWE goes over there maybe three, four times a year. Um, maybe, maybe not even that much. Yeah. Maybe and so, you know, here we, we tour every city four or five times a year. So going over to UK, it's very rare compared to USA and the fans are just absolutely crazy. Rabbit. I mean, the, the, the noise that comes out of those fans is incredible. It's like, you feel like when you're in a 15,000 seat arena, that it's a stadium of a hundred thousand people. That's how crazy they go. Uh, so the fans are incredible. I love going over there. I always loved going over there, even in, in, in TNA. Uh, they they oh, were yeah. great over there. We I think we had a, a, a 
an arena full of about 10,000 people the last time I went there. And uh, it was absolutely ballistic. It was crazy. Yeah, no, and you and if you're watching any shows from over there, on t- you can feel it, the energy come oh, through too. Yeah, the energy is incredible. incredible. Uh, our buddy Dylan's up next, and he says, "Kurt, do you think CM Punk could have held his own against the guys from the Attitude Era and the early Ruthless Aggression Era?" Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think he would have fared well. Um, he might have might have gotten beat up by Holly. <laughs> He might have gotten a Bob Holly shot or two, but yeah, yeah. No, no, listen. Uh, you know, Punk has a little bit of a reputation of, you know, not agreeing with everything, you know, but but I will tell you this, he's very talented. Uh, he cuts incredible promos, and I think he would have done really well in the attitude now. Yeah. And especially his promo skills, love him or hate him, I'm telling you, he is a needle, yeah, he's, he's a needle cool. mover. He is a needle mover. I mean, when I saw two of the four shirts, a top sells for WWE were both his. Yeah. Um, come on. He, you know, he's, he's doing something right. Yeah. He's yeah. Uh, and then Dylan says also been working out the last couple of months. I'm down 17 pounds and counting any tips for a huge Kurt angle fan. Thanks guys, man. Congrats Dylan. That's awesome. That is awesome, man. You know what? I want you to give me tips. <laughs> Yeah, right. 17 pounds in the last couple months. Keep doing what you're doing, man, because it's yeah. working. I mean, lose another 17 if you can. Uh, that, that, you know, what you're doing right now, you're doing perfectly. You couldn't do any better. Kurt, you did, though. I mean, we watched, we've watched some of your stuff towards the end of your WWE run, and now what you look like, okay? It's, it is different. It You've is lost different. weight to I, keep I the weight up. To, to get there. But what do you, what are some of the, like, I know it's dry chicken, broccoli, <laughs> it's like rabbit food. And then you work yeah, out every day in the morning. I have tw- 12 egg whites scrambled, uh, with Pam spray. So there's no oil or butter. I have dry toast one piece. And then the afternoon I have chicken with uh, broccoli. And then at night I'll have chicken with a plain baked potato. And then I have, uh, my snack at night is I get these legendary, pastries they're 20 grams of protein 180 calories i'll eat two of those babies they're awesome they taste like pop tarts and they're they're actually i shouldn't be advertising it with all my supplements <laughs> my company right. but it's called legendary and they have uh, incredible tasting pastries uh they're they're actually high protein low carbohydrate all right legendary sign up kurt and we'll uh we'll start yeah, advertising. i want money for this endorsement by the yeah. way legendary. yeah that's right. He's got a piano tuning bill to pay. Uh, so there you go. Hey, congratulations, Dylan. Appreciate it, man. And uh, glad to hear about your weight loss. Keep it going, brother. Troy Almeida is up next. He said, your match with Eddie at WrestleMania 20 is one of my favorite matches ever. Who came up with the idea of the boot spot? Thanks for making my childhood so great. You know what? We were on tour the week before. I believe we were in Asia. I believe in uh, Japan. And uh, Eddie stops me. We were going to the hotel, and I was entering my hotel room. And Eddie runs up to me because he was down the down the hall in a different hotel room. He runs up to me. Says, "Hey, Kurt, I just came up with the finish for our WrestleMania match." I was like, "Well, when Eddie has an idea, it's usually pretty damn good." And when he told me what he wanted to do, I was like, "Holy shit, man! That's vintage Eddie Guerrero, lie, cheat, and steal." Uh, I said, Eddie couldn't come up, came up with a better finish. I mean, him uh, untying his boot, and then I had the ankle lock on it, and it slips off, and then Eddie rolled me up real quick. What a great finish. It doesn't get any better than that. 
especially when you're talking about characters. Me yeah. being a heel, Eddie being a babyface, him lying, cheating, and stealing his way to victory, that what Eddie always does, it was perfect. Couldn't be any better. So uh, all out of the mind of Eddie Guerrero, the whole yes, deal. Yes, and Eddie had a great mind for wrestling. He really did. He got it from his father and his uh, his uncle and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, his brother. I'm sorry. His brother and father. Yeah. Yeah. NMLS number 32416, equal housing lender. Ready for some great news during the holidays? Just last week, interest rates fell lower than they've been in months. <gasps> this could be your chance to finally pay off all of your high interest rate credit cards and lower your monthly payments by 500, 600, 700, even $800 a month. But how much can you save? It's free to find out right now at savewithconrad.com. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And you even get to skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Well, uh, no, that's good. Casey has a fun question. Of all your matches with Jeff Jarrett, good old Double J, do you have a favorite match with him? Well, if there was any match where I didn't get hit by a guitar, that would be that my was your favorite. favorite. <laughs> every time that bastard hit me with a guitar, <laughs> I bled. All right, yeah. and it was a hard way. It was really, it really opening me up pretty badly. So, uh, I would say I think there was one match we had where he didn't use a guitar. And yeah. I would say that match, but I can't remember it. You guys put on some hell, hell of a good matches though. When you yeah, two had Jeff chemistry, and I worked together really well. I, I yeah. like working with Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew's up next. He said, any memory of competing in St. John's, Newfoundland at the Espoir world <laughs> cup? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, that's the Espoir world championships. And I, I, I qualified for that because I won the Espoir nationals in the United States and it was up in Canada in Newfoundland. And I remember I wrestled this stud from Russia. He was a badass. His name was, um, Arabat Sabiev. And yes. um, he ends up, he ended up a couple years after that, he ended up defecting to Germany. And when he did that, he became world champion for Germany in 1994. And uh, I made the world team in 95. And I was scared to death because that son of a bitch beat me eight to one at the Espa World Championships. And then he pinned me in 32 seconds a year wow. after that. Now I have him in the finals. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's indestructible. And what I did is I wore his ass out, and I made him want to quit. He was faking injury timeouts. Oh, my knee hurts. Oh, my shoulder hurts. And uh, I just kept stayed on him. And I ended up winning the match, and I became a world champion for the first time. And uh, uh, th the next time in the Olympics, um, the next year, I was going to meet him in the semifinals. But the round before – he was killing the kid eight to nothing and the kid reversed him and hit him with like 12 leg laces and he ended up winning the match. And a lot of people thought that he lost on purpose because he didn't want to face me because he got oh, so wow. tired last time. And to be honest with you, if that was the case, that that's freaking crazy. But you know, if, if that is true, um, that speaks volumes of 
how well conditioned I was. I was so, going to say, that's exactly what I was going to say uh, here again. Your reputation precedes you in terms of your conditioning, Kurt. Yeah. And you know what? I don't, uh, he got so tired in 1995 when he wrestled me, he was literally laying on the mat on his back for about a half hour after the match. Mm. He couldn't move. And I know he didn't want to have that same feeling again. And maybe that's the reason why he did lose because he was dominating the match. He was wrestling. I just couldn't believe the kid reversed him and just leg likes them easily. It was like, wow, that was, that was really weird. But my brothers came to me and said, he lost on purpose. Oh, wow. And then he ended up wrestling back for third and he won a bronze medal in the Olympics. Andrew, who uh, submitted this question, he knew that he knew this whole story. He said he was wrestling for the USSR. We would later, you'd wrestle him when he moved to Germany. Yep. He said, I have the much match up right now. I'm watching on YouTube. <laughs> You're awesome, man. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The first Zoel Zoel Lopez is up next. And he says, Kurt, what are your thoughts on being a meme machine? I love it. He said, do you love it? Hate it or don't pay attention to it. I hated it at first. And I thought everybody was making fun of me. And then my friend, Paul Bromwell told me it's nothing to be ashamed of. This That's is right. not making fun of you. It's just, That's you have a funny looking face. <laughs> it was part. It's funny because at the end of that original TikTok you did, you kind of made the face on purpose to make it fun. Yeah. Cause I yeah. was like, are we done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so people have loved that face. Cause it's like the perfect face that explains a lot. As you can see, memes are all for it. And you know, I sent you the TikTok of the one guy that kind of explained it all. You ended up following him. And uh and I was like, man, hopefully it'll click for Kurt now. Let's take oh, advantage I, of the I got in on the action. I posted one of those memes. Oh yeah. It's about oh, the yeah. genie with the three blowjobs. Oh yeah. We talked and, about uh, it last week. Yeah, yeah, last podcast. And uh I put really come on. <laughs> like right. Are you gonna say that stuff? I'm hoping it encourages more meme machines. So Zola, at first he wasn't in on it. He was kind of, I could tell too, his responses on text. Uh, and I was like, Derek, we got our work cut out for us. We got to show him the light. This is cool. Yeah. yeah I was and, a little uh, for a while. I could tell, I could tell buddy, but it's all good. Nothing to worry about. Well, listen, nobody if, knew me back then. Everybody knows who I am now. I think. And honestly, listen, if you think about it yourself as you're a listener here, if you made the most ridiculous, dumb face that you could ever make in your life and it became, you know, the, like just caught on like fire with all these quotes around it, it would kind of be tough to swallow it at first for all of us. I get it. So I totally get what you think. Yeah, but you know, I'm glad my wife kept telling me too. She's like, it's nothing to be ashamed of. This is good. good. I'm like, good. it's not good. Yeah. No, it's good. It's uh, it's just like embracing the whole you suck thing went to your music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you I started that to up too, I just suck. Yeah, up. when you just embraced, embraced it and went with the you suck, they love it. Was it said in an endearing way, you suck, <laughs> and that means we love you, Kurt. <laughs> yes, you suck. You suck, Paul. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I don't I don't feel like that's love from you, Kurt. All right. Uh Simon Nicole 8K. Nicole is 8K is up next. He said, My question is for Kurt during your WWE. Uh, a days, did Vince ever mess up, uh, mess with your right prior to going out for, oh, right before going out to a match or segment? And if so, did it take you out of your game? So did, did he try to monk their monkey wrench at you? All right. There was this one time I might've told you this, Paul, um, Vince and I, I was, I was in his room in his office studying a promo and Vince was reading the show. Vince is like really concerned about it. I look at him. He's he's like looking at the, the sheet and he 
He's like, Kirk, could you come over here? I need to show you something. He was in the corner of the room. So he's showing me it. And I turn and we're both with our backs to the corner. And I start smelling this really bad gas. <laughs> and he starts laughing under his breath. <laughs> he's shaking like this. Look. <laughs> and I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he farted and it stunk so bad. And he just wanted me to smell it. And uh, that it's that, like his version of a Dutch oven it out there, huh? Yeah, his version of a Dutch oven. You know what a Dutch oven is, right? <laughs> yeah, farting under the yeah, sheets, the blankets over. <laughs> that was what Vince, yeah, Vince did. gave me a Dutch oven, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did it rattle? Like, were you about to go out a few minutes yeah, later? Yeah, yeah. I was like, holy shit, that stinks, man. Right, like, right. Well, how much protein did you eat today? <laughs> What was worse, Vince farting in your face or uh, what you went through with Rikishi and, and his? Oh, uh, well, no, 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 that was straight up ass. Yeah, that was worse. Rikishi's ass in my face after he took a dump. Yeah, right. He didn't wipe himself. Yeah. Dude, you've really been face first in some real shitty situations. You know what? I will say this. For an Olympic gold medalist, I was fucked with a lot. <laughs> Where you could beat all our asses if you wanted to. Yeah, but you know what? They didn't care. <laughs> Wow. I just you, laugh it off anyway. So you didn't have that Bob Holly reputation. You didn't have that Bob Holly. No, reputation. no, I didn't have that temp temper like Bob, man. Uh, he, they're lucky. He could light it up, man. Yeah. C Simps 41 is up next. He said, Kurt, you won the gold medal just days after the Olympic Park bombing. How aware of the bombing were you? Did it impact your training or preparation in any way? Or, or were you so focused on your competition that you were almost oblivious, oblivious to it? No, no. Everybody knew it was a lockdown. I mean, we, we couldn't do anything for a couple of days. Couldn't leave our dormitories. Uh, couldn't go train. All we could do is go to the um, cafeteria. Uh, it was pretty serious and, and people were a little nervous that it might happen again. So everybody was on lockdown and everybody was scared. I mean, e even the uh, security was a little bit nervous. And uh, so it, it was a really scary time, but you know, as the United States always does, we pick up our pieces and we keep moving forward and everybody just kind of put it behind them and they started to enjoy the Olympics. And I think the athletes enjoyed it. And so did the fans, but, but that, that, that thing was a wake up call. I mean, it, it really notified you that anything like this can happen at any big sporting event or any big event, event period. And you have to be aware of that. You just have to make sure that you do everything possible to make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be a little concern, like hopefully that was it and it's not going to happen again. While yeah, we're here. yeah. You know, and what's crazy is they didn't find that guy till like 25 years later. They found him in the mountains of North Carolina and I don't know how they found him. Right. Uh, his final question here is also, did you get to meet any big time Olympians like the basketball players or gymnasts? Yes. Yes. I, I met Carrie Strug, uh, Dominique Marciano. Uh, these girls, they were, Carrie was a chatterbox. Okay. These girls were told not to talk to anybody. So everybody thought they were like uppity girls that didn't, you know, they thought their shit didn't stink, but it wasn't them. It was their coaches and their parents saying, don't talk to any of the other athletes. Okay. But Carrie Strug. She didn't care. <laughs> she was great. Uh, I really had a great time with her, especially on the plane when we were going to see the president. And uh, Carrie was awesome. I got to sit next to her, and she was really cool. And I also met the basketball team, but I think I told you how I met them. Um, I was going to the arena at opening ceremonies. Yeah. And um, and uh, 
I walk in and the fans start going crazy. And I'm like, wow, they know who I am. And I'm going, yeah. hey, yeah, hey, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and I look behind me and the dream team's right behind me and the fans are cheering for them, not me. And it yeah. was like sobering. I was like, holy shit, okay, put your head yeah, down. Put your hand down. And you didn't know what happened. Right, right. <laughs> Does any other player stick out that you met that you were like, had a um, holy shit moment? Yeah, yeah. There was um, Michael Jordan. Um, uh, who else? Uh, I believe, uh, uh, what's his name from um, Phoenix? Oh, gosh. Charles Barkley. Yes, Charles Barkley was there. Yeah, it, it was it was a legit dream team, man. They these were the baddest basketball players on the planet. I mean, they they when you talk about a dream team, and what's crazy is they worked really well together. And when you take superstar players like that uh, that want to score all the points themselves, usually they don't gel well. But these guys did. Here's uh, they just, I up just their egos for sixty minutes. Yeah, I looked up the roster for 1996 just to look up. Here's some of the guys that were there when you were there, Kurt. Charles Barkley, Anthony Hardaway. Remember Penny Hardaway? Yes, yes. Grant Hill, Carl Malone, Reggie Miller, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, Gary Payton, Scottie Pippen, Mitch Richmond, David Robinson, John Stockton. All those it was Shaquille O'Neal. It wasn't Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. Okay, cool. So you got to meet Shaq and Charles Barkley. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. And Shaq was great. Um, you know, I, I actually saw Shaq again uh, probably 10 years later in Cleveland. Um, we were having a production meeting for the WWE. He sticks his head in, and he's looking around. He says, hey, Kurt, what's up? Hey, Triple H, how you doing? Hey, Vince, what's up? And Vince was pissed, like, what are you doing in my meeting? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, but Vince didn't say anything. You know, she yeah. just wanted to stick his head in and say hi to everybody. And he backed up and I was like, wow, he knows my name. He remembers me. That's cool. Did you ever get any pictures with any of these guys or, and do you kind of wish that you did if you didn't? <laughs> I did uh, with Hardaway. I got a okay. photo with him. Um, that was um, at closing ceremonies. So I, I did get a picture with one of them. Yeah. That's cool. But I mean, over time you've met a lot of celebrities. Do you kind of have like a, a scrapbook or memory or like a lot of pictures? No, around I'm, the house? I'm an idiot. Cause uh, anytime uh, I should have been taking photos, I never did. And then yeah. I think of it afterward, like, what? you're a dumb son of a bitch. Well, again, that'd be cool for your kids photo. to see all the all the people that you've met. I mean, yeah, you know. it's just like my my gear, my yeah. my um, costume gear. I, I I gave all of it away. Uh, I'm an idiot. You know? Well, no, I wouldn't go that harsh. I mean, <laughs> well, maybe sometimes. I'm I'm kidding. Barry, I'm <laughs> MK is up next. How did Kurt like it when TNA had him hold all the titles at once? It was a pain in the ass. That was really, listen, I had, let me see, the world title. I had the tag team titles. The X division. I had the IWGP title that TNA had me go over and win. And then I had the X division title. I had five world titles, and I just was begging to get rid of them. I, I mean, I, all, I just wanted one, the TNA world heavyweight title. That was it. And uh, so, um I, I don't know if I told you, but uh, I lost to uh, Jay Lethal, uh, and he became X Division champion, and, and the company got pissed off at me because I dropped it to him, yep. and I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> we talked about that when we had him on a while ago. And uh, so, uh, you know, he ended up being it, and then they, what they did is the next week they took it away from him to show me and show Jay, hey, you don't do that to us. You don't make the calls, Kurt Angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was like, wow, guys, come on. It was Jay Lethal. He's a great athlete, great wrestler. 
He has a huge future. He'd be great as an X division champion. I didn't just do it just to say, Hey, I want to get rid of it. I knew that Jay was capable of carrying that title. Yeah. JJ 98. Hey, Kurt and Paul, happy holidays. Hey, happy holidays to you. My question is Kurt, who would you pick for an all-star survivor series team with you as captain? So survivor series, I believe it's five, five on five. So you're already one of them. So you're, you got to pick another four guys and who would you go against? Who are the five you would go against? You know what? I, I would do a WWE versus WCW. Okay. Be me, uh, stone cold, the rock undertaker and John Cena. Okay. There's your five versus Hulk Hogan, um, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, yep. uh, Kevin Nash, um, Goldberg, and Steiner. Okay. I think that would be really cool. Okay. WWE okay. versus WCW. Almost like the Alliance, but just five on five. But with all the stars there. Yeah, yeah not mixed in. Like uh, yeah. when they did it in WWE, they had WCW mixed in with WWE, and, you know, but one against the other. Okay. I like it. I like it. Daniel Allen says, Hey, Kurt, besides Taker choking you on the plane ride from hell, do you have any funny backstage stories involving Undertaker? I know you kissed him on the lips too. <laughs> no, I don't, man. And, and you know what? One thing about Taker, he always said this to me, Angle, I don't rib and I don't like to be ribbed. So never rib me. And I never did. And you know what? He, he made that very clear. He said this on an airplane one time and everybody said, okay, Taker, nobody's going to mess with you. And, you know, but Taker was such a good dude. He was such a solid dude. Uh, him and I got along extremely well. We were really good friends. We continue to be till this day and we keep in touch, but um, I don't have any crazy stories about Undertaker besides the, the plane ride from hell. <laughs> Vince saved the fart and the face stuff for you. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. But I'll tell you this one time. Uh, Taker, he read me good. I forgot about this. It was on a plane and, uh, I, I, I wanted to go to sleep. So somebody gave me some sleep meds and I took them and I had a dip in my mouth and I passed out and I was <laughs> hanging there with chew hanging out of my mouth. There was chew juice going down my chin and Taker goes up and takes a close pull right up it. And then he sends it to me. Um, uh, by a phone. Uh, okay. Sends it to my phone. I was like, "You son of a bitch! Don't show this to anybody." He says, "Kurt, I have this in my pocket just in case anything ever occurs. When you piss me off, I'm going to send this to the media." Yeah. Like, Look at your Nobody Olympic hero. Yeah, dip and chew on on the plane. Chew just hanging down. Oh, the juice was coming down my lip. Just, just looking like a slob. Yeah. Robert Raider is up next. Hey, Kurt. Have you ever seen the movie Vision Quest? What are your thoughts on the movie? Do you have any other favorite wrestling movies? You and I have talked about this. Have you ever it's seen my it? Favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's that, that face again. Yeah, there it is. Oh, I, love it. Um, I love it. You know what? I did one called Beyond the Mat. A really good, good movie. I, I was actually in it. Um, I was a, a coach. And so uh, this is different than the Bret Hart beyond the map movie. Yes. Yes. It was beyond the map. Um, it, it didn't do really well. Um, it got released and was really, really underneath the radar, but if, yeah. if you could probably go to YouTube and see it, it's called beyond the mat starring me and a couple of, there was some really good actors from Hollywood that were uh, 
was in it. Uh, they were high school wrestlers that were playing as high school wrestlers. They were actually older kids. But um, other than that, no, Vision Quest is my movie. I mean, that's where I got my entrance music from, from TNA. Uh, was Lunatic Fringe, yep. which was a song that was on Vision Quest. I love that soundtrack. It had uh, songs from Foreigner and... You know, oh, it was loaded. Other, That's what yeah, I love so about Classic 80s. It, it was a really cool soundtrack, but I love the movie, man. It really motivated me uh, to become a better wrestler. That movie was like the ideal movie for me. Beyond the Mat, a tale about two best friends, an uncensored look into the perilous world of high school wrestling and the story of a teen who overcomes self-doubt to find his true place. Starring Kurt Angle in the movie. There you go. John <laughs> Wynn is in it as well. You were Coach Kamen. I think Jonathan Kowalski. Yeah, it looks like he's there. John Wynn, Sarah Fletcher, Mark Hapka. Coach Russell was Kevin McCorkle, but you were a coach, Coach Kamen. Yeah. So Jonathan Kowalski played Dominic Bradshaw in the movie. Yeah, I the think I was that, his coach. Yeah. If you can find it somewhere to watch it on some streaming platform, check it out. It's a good movie. You like it. Yeah. Okay. All right. There we are. So yeah, Rob, he knows all about Robert. He knows all about vision question. Keith Hellebrand's up next. Who was your favorite to go one-on-one -on -one with on the mic? Oh, uh, the rock, the rock. Yeah. He was the most exciting guy. I mean, when he had a microphone in his hand, people listened and they loved it. He was the most entertaining guy I've ever been in the ring with on the microphone. Uh, and listen, I'm not saying I compare to the rock. I don't think I'm any nearly as good. Any be anything close to the rock on the microphone. I think that guy stands in a class on his own. I think John Cena's up there too with stone cold Steve Austin, but the rock is the man. I think he was the best promo cutter in the business period. We, uh, I, I want to talk about our next questions from Keegan. And, uh, he says he's our buddy. Hey, Curtin Paul, uh, before I get to his question, man, they did, uh, he did his wrestling event and it was fantastic. And, uh, I just want to say congratulations to you, Keegan. And we want to continue to support. And he is, uh, he did that event sick, not weak. And, uh, it's again, if you want to donate, you can, it's canadahelps.org. And, uh, there's donations that you can make. It's all around mental health awareness. And so, uh, check it out and support our guy. He sent me some videos of his match and Kurt, a lot of his moves. It's you're his hero, buddy. The Germans. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah so, he had um, a good match. I mean, it, it has a lot of work to do, but he, he had a good match. Yeah. So yeah. As much experience as he has, he did a good job. He's gotten himself in, in, in shape over the last year and a big fan of his. He said in your short stint in new Japan, who is someone you were hoping to go against or wish you had faced in retrospect uh, from that company? Uh, the great Muda. I think uh, I never faced him. Um, you know, I, I faced Eugene Nagata, uh, faced a lot of other guys there, Tanahashi, Nakamura, a couple older wrestlers. I can't remember their names, but um, never faced the great Muda. Oh, okay. I thought for sure that you took on Muda. I, I only, nope, only in a tag match. I think it was a, a three on three. Okay. Okay. I don't think I even got in the ring with them. Yeah. Nah, that's, uh, but yeah, no, great Muda. I mean, come on, WWE Hall of Famer. Um, it was cool to see him go in and WWE recognize him. Yeah, that is cool, man. That shows what a big name he is. Yeah. Yep. Spenny Wise is up next. What is your favorite match that you've ever been a part of? Jeez. 
How many times do I have to say this? <laughs> Chris Benoit, Royal Rumble 2003. Yeah. Yeah. That, that. that was my favorite match. It was magic. Uh, Chris and I were so identical. It was like I was looking in the mirror every time I wrestled him. Um, we had such incredible chemistry and our matches were really physical and they were really intense. They were, they, they reminded me of a real fight. Okay. Oh, yeah. When you're doing pro wrestling, a lot of times matches look really clean and crisp and it doesn't look really look like a struggle. This was more like a struggle, like a fight. Like we were really fighting, really wrestling. And that's what I loved about it. The, the grit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jay wants to know, does Kurt have a favorite ring attire that you wore for a match? Yeah. The one where I look like a candy cane, uh, it was, they were pink stripes, pinstripes. I loved it. A lot of fans hated it. I've gotten a lot of comments. I hate your damn singlet, but I absolutely loved it. It was, uh, oh, it was red and white. It was actually pink and white and it had a blue a on the stomach. Yeah, you just for that for it was was it because of the match you were in, or you just really love the colors and the style? You know what? The costume lady made it for me, and I fell in love with it. Okay. Don Stevens is up next. Does Kurt have a favorite magician? And has Kurt ever done any magic tricks with his pet bunny? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I played hide the salami with my bunny. <laughs> Hide the carrot. Hey, oh, hide the so, carrot. <laughs> do you have um, a do you have a favorite magician? Are you a David Copperfield guy, or do you have a favorite? Okay, magician? the only one I ever met, and he really blew my mind, was Chris Angel. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was on his show, and uh, he scared the hell out of me. I thought he actually died. It was a really cool trick. Yeah, and uh, but no magic tricks yet with the bunny. Not making no, him disappear no out of the hat. Yet, but I'm no. starting. To, you know, think about it. how many <laughs> bunnies you thoughts. How many how many bunnies do you guys have now? Do you have a small farm of bunnies? I know Giovanni we was have really two, good. And they're a boy and a girl, so are they humping like, like bunnies? Twelve coming soon. Okay, so they're humping like bunnies. Uh, they probably get, learn from watching mom and dad. Okay. <laughs> um. By the way, what did you get Giovanna for Christmas? Love. Oh, okay. She was blessed with Kurt's love. Oh, great. Great job. All right. We, we, we made this Christmas so phenomenal for our kids. Ah, that's cool. And then we have the vacation that Giovanna and I decided not to get each other Christmas gifts. I don't blame you. But I got her one. Don't tell her. Okay. This will be out after. So she's not going to hear. Okay. All right. Cool. Now, do you think she broke your rule and got you something? Nope. <laughs> no, she sticks with it. She actually listens. But I you did know. ask for wrestling boots, wrestling shoes, shoes. My bad. Not boots. I'm not going back to pro wrestling. Oh yeah. We don't, we want to squelch that rumor, but wrestling shoes. So maybe you'll get that. Well, I, uh, you know what? She knows that I want them. So she might okay. give me them. So. Victor Rivera is up next and he's got a very serious question. Kurt, why did the Kung Pao flavor get discontinued from the chicken snacks lineup? That was an absolute favorite besides cinnamon swirl. They're so different too. <laughs> I know. I know. But I, um, the reason why I got uh, canceled is because it was our most unpopular flavor. Oh, so not a lot of people enjoy them. Maybe you did. Uh, but, but we did not, um, most people did not enjoy them. So we canceled them. 
So if you do see something get discontinued, it's because nobody's buying it besides you, Victor. But hey, <laughs> what, what I will say, Victor, thank you for supporting our man. Yes, and I'm glad you, you like them. Yeah. But please order the cinnamon swirl. I know you like those. Yeah. So, you know, scoop up. Do you still have buffalo wing and pizza? Yes. Yes. We have uh, both of those. And we you. have uh, honey mustard and cinnamon swirl. Okay. I know you Honey mustard's that. awesome. Okay. Keith Langley, who's on your Mount Rushmore of wrestling trash talkers? The best, the top four best trash talkers that you can think of on uh, for wrestling. Um, I would say The Rock, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena. Oh wow! And you know what? I CM Punk. CM Punk. I'm Punk. Okay. I didn't know if you would go way back and say Flair, maybe. Oh gosh, I forgot about Rick. Yeah, put Rick Flair in there. Take take okay. out either Cena or Punk, but put Flair. Okay. Flair deserves to be in there. That guy was talk was about yelling people to the wall ever since he started, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh my longtime personal close friend, Yambag Jones, has a very serious question, Kurt, and I want you to think real hard on this. Have you ever gotten slammed so hard that you accidentally shit yourself? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. No, I haven't. But I remember in high school, I had this teammate that was wrestling and he pooped himself and he said, ref, ref, hold on, hold on. I just crapped myself. So the ref ordered timeout. He gave him an injury timeout. You know what he did? He stuck his, stuck his finger poop and stuck it back up in his ass oh come on and kept wrestling yes he shoved the shit back he shoved in his the ass. shit back in his ass and kept wrestling uh, that's a well, different take on the word shit backer you still have to take a shit right <laughs> see what do you do like to be his opponent <laughs> what is going on in this oh world? man shit happens <laughs> Yeah, literally. Yambag, appreciate the question. Can't wait to see what you come up with next time we do the show. Thanks for that. Oh, Tony. Hey, at will least you... our show's entertaining. Oh, I love it. Tony, will you do a video of yourself shaving your head for us? Oh, why would I do that? I mean, maybe Manscaped. What, what, was, what would be so intriguing about me doing a video shaving my head? I, I don't know. I think, and I think he's talking about this one up here. So let's keep it PG there, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I think maybe he wants to see your technique. You know what? Maybe I'll post one someday. Shave what do head. you, do you use like a skull, uh, like the pit bull skull kind of you know what? shaver? Um, or what do you use? I was using, I don't know if you ever seen the one you slide on your finger and you glide it on your head. Okay. Mm -mm. It, it was around, it got popular for about a year or two and then it kind of died off. But uh, no, I use a regular razor. You pick it. Yep. Yep. And every uh, day, my wife usually shaves the back of my head because I miss a bunch of stuff. So, do you do how often do you do it? Every two or three days. Okay. I okay. try to stay pretty clean. Yeah, I know. I, I don't like the peach fuzz look either. You know, like, are you trying again? No, I'm not trying. It's gone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. LFC. Yeah, you know what? When the peach fuzz comes in, you can tell where the bald areas are. Oh, I know. It's just a dead giveaway of how pathetic <laughs> you actually look now. Uh, LFC MMA. Why don't you talk about your gold world championship medal as much as your Olympic gold? Each is equally awesome. You know what? I don't know because it is, it actually was harder to win. And the reason is you have to qualify for the Olympics. 
So they go the wrestlers go to the Asian games from Asia. Wrestlers go to European games from Europe. Here we go to the Pan Am games. You have to place in the top three to make it to the Olympics. And when you get there, you're wrestling the best guys in the world. But in the world championships, all right, let's just say that Kurt Angle wrestles in the Pan Ams and he takes fourth. I don't go to the Olympics. I had a bad tournament. My goodness. So I'm not going. But at the Worlds, everybody goes. So everybody's qualified to go. So you're going to get three or four times as many people going to the Worlds, all these different countries, and even guys that would necessarily have bad tournaments uh, to qualify for the Olympics, they're going to they're going to qualify anyway. So everybody's there, and you have to beat everybody in the world. And that, that's a lot harder than the Olympics. But the mm-hmm. Olympics, the reason why it's so popular, because it's the Olympics and it's yeah. every four years. And people celebrate it more. But uh, no, it sounds like LFC MMA is absolutely right. You're, that accomplishment is amazing, it's, too. It's a bigger accomplishment, but people just don't know it because uh, it's not advertised as much. Nick Lenz, and he's got a great question because I'm all for it. Ask Kurt anything. Kurt, what are your thoughts on fellow Pittsburgh person, Britt Baker? Oh, Britt's doing a great job. I'm she really proud of her. She's she's done great. I, I, think, I wish we uh, see her more. They don't. I don't think that she gets... Uh, the TV time that she should be. I'm just no, no. She deserves more. You're definitely yeah. right. But um, I, I, I'm really proud of her. I, I her being from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, you know, she is representing our city really well. Yeah. Nick says also, could she appear as a guest on the show in the future? I would, I would love, love that, Brett. Yeah. Hey, Brett, if you're listening, come on on the show, please. Yeah. Contact us. We'd love it. We love Social it. Media. And uh, go yeah. to the angle pod and say, hey, I want to be on the show. Yeah, we we love to have Britt Baker on the show. I'm a huge fan. She, I've met her a few times, and I pretty much have marked out and told her that. Uh, but yeah, Pittsburgh native first and foremost. I love seeing her at the Steeler game, supporting the Penguins, supporting the Pirates, and she cuts one hell of a promo. She's great on social media. She's entertaining as hell, dude. Yes. And so I think we would have a lot of fun uh, talking about her journey and just talking Pittsburgh sports and having a great time here on the show. So Nick, we're going to continue to try to work on that and make the connection. I think it'd be great. Uh, Steve Levin's up next. I'd like to know why most wrestlers don't wipe their feet on the apron before entering the ring. This used to be something almost everyone used to do. It was traditional. Uh, that tradition, uh, went bye-bye in about 2000. Um, when I started wrestling back then, nobody was doing it anymore. Only, the only people that would do is Ric Flair or William Regal, traditional wrestlers that, that wrestled in the past before that. But for the most part, I didn't Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, none of those guys were doing it. So it was like, why do it? I'm 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 following suit to these guys and they're not doing it. So for some reason that that, that has gone bye-bye. It's yeah, that's it's tradition. No longer done. Uh just very, very few people do it. Usually it's uh European wrestlers. That will do it, but I think Gunther does it, and uh, you know people in his crew. But uh, other than that, I don't know anybody else that does it. Brad Stanton wants to know, Kurt, do you eat fries in your salad? I love it. Um, I don't eat fries, period. But if I did, I probably wouldn't have them in my salad. What is it? Why does it taste so good? Well, you know, it, you think about being from Pittsburgh, right? You got Permani brothers yeah, and, yeah. and they're amazing sandwiches. And you know, so you put you the, like the coleslaw and fries, right? Yeah. That kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, it works. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, are you you a big fan of Permani Brothers sandwiches? Yeah, but I get it without the fries or the coleslaw. I just get turkey with the bread, and I get extra turkey. You know what, though? It's, back it's when you're not, not eating. It's not as good, Paul, but it's still. I know, but back when you weren't eating well, did you at least enjoy a little fries? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I, I ate it with the fries too. Yeah. Listen, I told you when I come to visit, we're going to that sushi bomb place or whatever. Is that what sushi the name bomb, of Sushi bomb, yeah. We're going, dude. $15 all you can eat. You better be eating some sushi that day. We're going to have some fun there and put a hurting on that. Drew Landry, who gave the better German suplexes, Chris Benoit or Brock Lesnar? Ooh, well, I will tell you this. Brock Lesnar, when he gave the German suplexes, he would he would throw you and let you go. So yeah. You didn't know how you were going to land. So you could land on your head. You could flip over to your stomach. You could land on your back. It, it was a guess. With Benoit, he controlled it. So he would he would launch you, and then he would control it, making sure you land flat on your back. And then he did the rolling Germans where he would do one, and then, then you would get up, he'd do another, and then he'd get up and do another. Uh, but I would say Chris gave the better Germans because they were safer. Right, and you didn't know where you were landing when Brock threw you. No, no. But you know what? He was pretty good at not throwing you on your head. But a couple of times I landed all the way across the ring. It's yeah. like, whoa, hey, why am I in the air so long? Like it was, you know, airtime like was like three more seconds than Benoit's German. Well, uh, Billy Sandscraw says, who are some 80s stars, wrestling stars that Kurt would like to have worked with? Oh, man. Uh, Bruno Sammartino, uh, Bob Backlund, um, Andre the Giant, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Um, Roddy, what about Roddy Piper? Oh, Roddy Piper too. Paul Orndorff. Oh, yes. Uh, Paul Orndorff and Kurt Angle. I wasn't fans of these guys back then. Yeah. I didn't watch it. But when I started in it and I started watching, I became, I was a huge Paul Orndorff fan. Yes. And, and he wrestled a long while before I got there. Yeah. And uh, I just became a fan of pro wrestling. And uh, guys like Paul Orndorff really uh, got me excited about it. I would have loved to seen you and Paul Lorndorf. I was, uh, I think I shared on social media. My first ever live match as a nine-year-old Kurt was at the Philadelphia spectrum. It was Paul Lorndorf and Hulk Hogan in the steel cage was the main event. Wow. That what a great main event. Yeah. Pretty cool. Especially for being nine years old. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, what a great time it was. December of 1986 and, uh, checking that out. Jay Martin's up next. How close was the WrestleMania 18 match between you and sting was there any other wrestlemania matches pitched for that year for uh for you for 2002 much love kurt that was i was in a weird position back then um i beat the rock for the world title stone cold steve Steve austin for the world title uh but that year i was like i was main event but i wasn't quite at the world title hunt and i was just under that and it was like they couldn't think of anything for me and, and they came up with something at the last second. And I believe it was Kane. I'm just happy. They gave me Kane because he was, he was a main eventer too, but um, it was just really odd that they didn't have nothing planned for me that year. And uh, it was, it was a tough pill to swallow because from the day I started, they had everything planned for me. And now it's like, Oh, we ran out of people and uh, we don't know where to put Kurt. And it was like, gosh, guys, you, you were running good with me for a while. And now you kind of forgot about me. So th- that year was, uh, 
that, that was a really upsetting year for me. Not that it was because it was against Kane. I was glad it was against Kane, but it was because they really had nothing for me. And they just threw me in there just to have a match. You know, there was yeah. no program. And so, so there was that, really that, no that conversation was, about, about staying. No, no. And, and it, it was really upsetting because like I said before, they always planned stuff for me. They always had something good for me. And that year they didn't. The following year I main evented. Yeah. 19. Yep. Brock. We got two more questions left and we're going to oh, wrap I it up about sting. Sting was, um, an idea that okay. never came to fruition that nobody ever called sting. It was an idea that I had and I want, you know, I pitched the Vince sure. and it didn't go anywhere. All right. Uh, two more questions left. We'll wrap up this week's show. Uh, uh Lauren Eason, what was it like working in new Japan from 07 to 09 and to be a part of wrestle kingdom two in the Tokyo dome? Oh, that was badass, man. I mean, the, the whole place was packed. Uh, there were so many fans there and you know, the Asian fans are a little different. You know, they, they don't get all rowdy. They're really well behaved, but they're, they're very formal and they clap when they're supposed to clap and they, you know, and they, you know, they don't, they don't really boo a lot, but, um, you know, you could, you know, when they're, someone's getting heat on someone because there's, there's really nothing being said, you know, they're just really well behaved, but you know, they're into it. They love it. They love the sport. I mean, they probably have more of a passion for it than any other country. So, uh, being there was a huge honor and I love performing in front of those fans and especially being at wrestle kingdom too. That was a big deal. Yeah, that's awesome. Kurt, our final question of the show and our final little piece here for 2023. It's from two count Kyle. And he says, Hey, Kurt, I'm entered into my first Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition in 2024. I'm terrified. Any tips on competing, what to do on the day, how to stay in the zone, what to eat that morning, etc. Oh gosh. You know what? Um, that, that's a good question. Um, you have to do what makes you feel comfortable. Um, you eat what you normally eat. You, you, you have to go through trial and error. In other words, uh, you've been through competitions before, you know, how you feel after you eat a certain food that, that has to become a habit for you. So the more you do it, the more it becomes habit. And that's what you do every single time. And so you have to, you have to try and you know, trial and error. You have to yeah. see what works for you, what doesn't. What food you do, how you warm up, how you prepare for it beforehand. When you start um, uh, backing off of training before your competition, there has to be a certain period of time where you have a, a couple of days rest before you start, before you compete. So there's all these things that go along with it. and You have to just find it yourself. Cause everybody's different and everybody gets ready in different ways. And a lot of people, it takes longer to prepare or it takes less time to prepare, but you have to make it yours. I know you've said before, Kurt, that you're not a music guy, especially when working out, you don't listen to music. Uh, what about for days of competition? How would you, how would you meditate or keep the noise out or get your focus going in the zone for competition? I, I just, I would always have a positive frame of mind. I'd always picture myself scoring on my opponent. So yeah. it was all um, positive mentally thinking and yeah. what was going on in my head. Everything was positive. Everything was about winning, winning, winning. I never even losing never became a thought. So it was always what I had to do to win, what my game plan was. And I focused on it. Now, 
you know, I did listen to music when I was in high school and okay. I loved it. But the reason I stopped doing that was because a certain person told me, Hey, when you're competing, do you listen to music? I said, no. He said, then why would you listen to it while you're training? You're right about that. So that what, what I was able to do is bring out my best without having to listen to some great jams. Any, any aids. Yeah. 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 So I didn't have to listen to anything to bring my best out. Hmm. Well, guys, listen, thank you so much for all the awesome questions. And Kurt, thank you for all the uh, awesome answers. This has been great. This has been a big you know, year. I say thank you, Paul, but I'm going to say you're welcome. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, it has been my pleasure and my honor to be able to host this for you guys. This ask Kurt anything. I want to say happy new year to you, Kurt. I want to say happy new year to all of you that have listened to this show. And we got a big year coming up for the Kurt Angle Show in 2024, and uh, and I'm excited, man. Next week we got something fun to kick us off, uh, so you have to see what that is. Come on back, uh, but Kurt, man, what a year it's been for our show. We've had so many great guests on. Uh, we've talked about a lot of my matches and my programs I've been in. Uh, I've had a lot of fun doing, it, especially with you, Paul. I love I love co-hosting the show with you. Oh man, it's a great time. Listen, guys, as we wrap up this week, as we do always, again, a reminder that 25 to 54 year old demo, no better place than right here with the Kurt Angle show. And we'll, we want to advertise for you on behalf of your business. So check it out. Go to advertisewithangle.com and we'll do all the corny or serious ad reads that you'd like us to do, but we'd be happy to do it for you. Speaking of corny ad reads, here we go, kids. We're about to light it up at the end of the show. First of all, boxagimmicks.com. You can find Kurt Angle Show Meme Machine, whether you're looking for stickers, whether you're looking for warm-ups, whether you're looking for t-shirts and hoodies, we've got the face that has gone viral, and uh, you can have it too. We have, like I said, we have a guy that has it on his fridge, that picture, to motivate him to stay out of it too much. So check it out. Also, follow us on social, individually, at Real Kurt Angle on X, uh, also at The Real Kurt Angle on Instagram. And then uh, you can find me at Paulie B. Well, but the show is at the Angle Pod. That's also where you can find it on YouTube. Subscribe, turn on those notifications, like. Guys, all that stuff helps. It drives the algorithm that helps other people find our show. And we are moving forward. We're headed to 70,000 soon. We want to go to 75 and keep it going until we hit that 100,000 subscriber mark. And, and Kurt, when we break 100,000, then we're going on to the next goal because that's what Kurt Angle does. Okay? Well, we made it when we get to 100,000. Yeah, we. I think we, that'll be great. Uh, let's talk about those smart snacks that got brought up on the show uh, earlier. Talk about it, Kurt. Smart snacks, crispy protein bites. You're going to love them. They're delicious. Um, we have four different flavors. Uh, they're all incredible. Uh, go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. Uh, you can use the code ANGLEPOD to get 20% off, or you can go on the website and become a lifetime member and get 20% uh, off the rest of your life. But these are incredible. You're going to absolutely love them. The flavors are amazing, and it's high-protein, low-carbohydrate. There you go. You got honey mustard, buffalo wing pizza, and cinnamon swirl. Yes, Kurt, I've memorized all four uh, you for your purpose. <laughs> and then Project One Nutrition for the those that need all the protein they can get, which really, guys, is all of us. It's cookies and cream, that cookies and milk that Kurt has become famous for. If you're watching on video, he's got the canister in his hands, and he's Look, showing it to you right a now. Picture of me on there. <laughs> there it is with your signature. Yeah, Kurt Angle's cookies and cream protein. 
Uh, it's called American Dream Cookies and Cream Protein. I think I stole that from Dusty uh, Rhodes. Yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> copyright infringement. Yeah, uh, but this protein's awesome. Uh, it's the best tasting protein on the market. It really is. Cookies and cream, you're gonna absolutely love it. High protein, low carbohydrate. Go to projectonenutrition.com to order yours. I promise you, you're gonna love it. It's really a great flavor. It really is. There you go. And guys, finally, check out KurtAnglebrand.com. That's where you're gonna find your little miniature cowboy hats. You're going to find your milk cartons, cameo videos, birthday cards, uh, autograph pictures, and T-shirts. And yes, we heard last week he killed it on ProWrestlingTees.com. We're so thankful for that and that it's helped Kurt's bank account. But yes, check it out, KurtAngleBrand.com. Kurt, what can they find there? The whole ball of wax. Ah, there's the line. And that's how we close out the show in 2023. Kurt, thank you so much. On behalf of your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you next week right here on The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.